Welcome to Stop Overthinking, the podcast for overthinkers, people pleasers, and perfectionists who want to feel calm and confident enough to handle whatever life sends your way. I'm your host, Kristen Odegaard, a women's life and mindset coach, lifelong educator, and recovering perfectionist. Welcome back to the Stop Overthinking podcast. Today, we are talking about goals and resolutions. It's that time of year again. And as we are going into the new calendar year, a lot of people start thinking about resolutions. And maybe you're a person who always sets a resolution. Maybe you're someone who doesn't set them anymore because it seems like you didn't follow through with them anyway. There's a lot of hype around resolutions this time of year and goals and making changes. To prepare for this episode, I did a quick Google search, emphasis on the quick Google search, multiple references that only 9% of Americans that make resolutions actually complete them. And in fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit the resolution by the end of the first week and 43% quit by the end of January. So that's not a great statistic and it's easy to see why you may think it's not worth it and I'm not going to follow through with it anyway. And I want to offer this to you. We need goals to push us out of our comfort zones because otherwise we are content to stay there. But when it's time to choose that resolution or that goal that will actually be sustainable, we need to use our values to guide that process. And this is not really how we normally set those resolutions. Normally, we think of what we need to do better and how we need to be better. And we're actually navigating from a place of being self-critical, negative, or even a place from shame. So normally, what we unconsciously do is we focus on an area that we feel bad about, or we might even feel ashamed or guilty about it. It's somehow not good enough. And then we set this resolution to try and change this thing so that we can feel better. And what happens is we're often trying to change a circumstance or an action that we take in order to force ourselves to think better or to think nicer thoughts about ourselves. So for instance, if we have a lot of negative thoughts about our body, we might make a resolution to lose weight. And if we have a lot of self-critical and negative thoughts about parenting, for example, we might make a resolution to stop yelling at our kids. If we have a lot of self-critical thoughts about drinking too much or having too much wine at the end of the day, we might resolve to stop doing that. And this approach rarely works for a couple of reasons. One, because when you feel shame or guilt, you're in a rush to change the behavior and you're avoiding your thoughts and feelings about it. And so that means we can't actually get to know the thoughts and feelings that are driving the behavior in the first place. If you aren't actually curious about why you haven't gone to the gym consistently, then your resolution is not going to be sustainable or attainable. You're just saying to yourself, I'm going to start doing it. And then you might buy some cute workout clothes and I'll put the gym classes on my calendar. But you're not sure why you're not going. You can't pay attention to what obstacles might be in your way. And it's not a positive, motivating place for you because you're not actually paying attention to the thoughts and feelings that have prevented you from doing it all these years. When we feel shame about something, we are trying to get away from it. 
very few people are like, oh, I want to feel shame. Let me lean into this and dig into my thoughts. So that's, that's common, right? Nobody really wants to feel it. But we do need to try to get to know what's underneath it better. And so instead of just forging ahead with no understanding of why we've had trouble in the past, and then like shockingly, we continue to have trouble. And this is how people end up in the cycle where they might make the same resolution every year and you never make any progress with it. Secondly, when you already feel shame about something and you feel really bad about it, especially if it's been going on for years, you have subconsciously often taken this on as part of your identity. For example, I might say I'm an emotional eater or I'm a bad mom or I'm a people pleaser. I'm someone who drinks too much. When things are consistent, even if you feel stuck, even if it's something that you don't like, it's familiar, it's comfortable and your brain wants to keep that comfortable, safe feeling. So if you think that you can't get into shape and then you don't even want to try, your brain is fine with that because it's familiar. If you're a perfectionist, your brain might tell you that you don't even need to set goals because if you don't meet them, then you're gonna be a failure and feel shame. And so you don't even need to bother setting them to avoid the possibility of failure. So it's keeping you safe to not have goals. Even if this is something that you're unhappy about, if it's a quirk or a habit or uh, some sort of action that you want to change, but the part of your brain that's trying to keep you alive and safe is like, hey, this is great. This all checks out. I'm acting exactly the way I think I should. I'm doing all the things that I think I should do. I'm going to keep doing this. It's safe. It's consistent. There is no scary change. So you just keep doing that. And third, when you start with a negative thought and a feeling, it's really hard to create positive, sustainable, and productive change from that place because you don't actually know where you're going. You're not moving towards the person you want to be. You're just moving away from who you think you are now. And you're judging yourself and you want to separate yourself from that person. So there isn't a positive vision of the person that you're trying to become. You're just trying to get away from how you feel now and the negative and self-critical thoughts that you have. So think about what happens if you get scared and you start to run away, like a lion is coming after you from a biological standpoint, or maybe you're afraid of spiders, or for me, it's snakes or mice or whatever. There is no strategy or direction. I am just running and trying to get away. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to get there efficiently or the most productively. It's not clear thinking at all. Just get me out of here. And that's what happens when you're trying to set a resolution from guilt or shame or not being good enough. Shame-based resolutions don't make you feel better. And frankly, that's why they don't work. So instead, I want to offer to you and suggest that you set your goals or your resolutions based on positive motivation, which is aligning some area of your life with your chosen values and priorities. So here's what that looks like. First, you need to identify your values. If you listen to this podcast, you know I talk about this all the time. I have an entire episode titled The Power of Living Your Values, episode 21, I believe. I'll link it in the show notes if you need a reminder. 
So knowing your values and your priorities. And some people have two or three that apply to their whole lives. Some people have different values in different areas of their lives, like some that are personal and some that are professional. And other people just have like one area of focus that you really want to step forward and embody in the next year. But you need to know what these are. So to give you an example, some of my overall life values are integrity, growth, wellness, and family. I value honesty and transparency and telling the truth and showing up the same no matter who is around. That's integrity for me. I want to tell people the truth. I want to be told the truth. I also value my health and wellness and aging well. And this is everything from physical health, which for me includes sleep and nutrition and movement, as well as emotional health too. This is important to me. I live it out. You see it on my calendar and how I spend my time and my money. I've spent decades teaching others in fitness classes, and now the focus is more on emotional health and wellness with this coaching practice. I value family, and right now that's primarily my two kids. I make decisions based on what is best for them or for us as a unit. This shapes my work schedule, my professional goals, as well as many of my financial decisions too. Those are my values, and this is really individual. So the first step is to identify your values to a resource in the show notes that will help you in one that I use with my clients. So once you've got your values, there's two ways that I suggest to find a good resolution for you. The first one is if you really don't know what resolution to pick yet and you don't know what you want. So you can just look at your list of values, ask yourself, where in my life am I not living in alignment with these values right now? So if I was doing this, I might look at my life and ask myself, is there an area where I'm not telling myself or other people the truth? Am I people pleasing or routinely telling little white whys or trying to manipulate how people are feeling about something? Is there an area where I'm not telling myself the truth? I might ask if I'm in a relationship that isn't working or is there something about my health that I'm avoiding really dealing with? So I ask these kinds of questions based on my priorities and I might set a resolution around it that way. I could also ask, am I not prioritizing integrity somewhere? Am I not respecting someone else's integrity? Am I trying to control other people? Is there an area where I'm not making enough effort to include and incorporate my mental well-being? So that's where you can start with your values and then look at your life and come up with a resolution that fits in it that way. The other thing that you can do is if you already have a list of goals or resolutions that you want to attain, or maybe you're already committed to it, but if one of your values is strength or aging well or flexibility or your health, now you have a positive value and a positive reason that you can connect to that resolution. And that's going to make the process feel very different. That gives you this more positive motivation this thing that you're moving towards. It's not just moving towards going to the gym to go to the gym. It's moving towards being a person who works out regularly because that's one of my values, like strength or flexibility or physical health or aging well or whatever. So it's very different than trying to get away from what you're not doing good enough or what you should be doing. Because when you're trying to get away from your shame or your guilt or where you're lacking, part of the problem with that is it just doesn't disappear and it's going to keep coming up. So you're going to stop doing those activities when it's not working. And then you end up with even more shame or guilt or 
feeling inadequate. If you felt shame or guilt about not working out and then you go work out for three weeks, you're proud of yourself, maybe you miss a day or two or even a week, that shame and that inadequacy comes right back up again. And your brain's like, hey, there's no point in doing this. I still feel crappy and you can't get rid of that overnight. So when you're moving towards a positive vision of yourself and a value that you want, even if you falter, some of that shame comes up, some of that lack comes up or the negativity, it doesn't matter. It's not a reason to stop because you're working towards the positive goal. So you can see this is pretty different from how you may have set resolutions in the past. And I also want to add this, that there might be something that doesn't really fit in initially with that value system that you have. So my values are tied a lot to my personal life. But if I want to have a professional goal, say to get a promotion or increase revenue, you still need to check in to see if how this is going to fit with your personal values if you want to be successful and achieve this goal long term. So for me, if I want to increase revenue in my coaching business, this could seem like a conflict as it generally doesn't fit in with health and wellness and time with my family. And in my past experience, focusing on work takes away time and energy from those things. So if I truly want to set a goal to increase revenue that is likely going to increase my workload, I have to find a way to link it to my personal values in order for it to be sustainable and achievable. And this might include pivoting my thinking, something along the lines that earning more and working more will add to my family and what I want for them long-term rather than just looking at the short-term reduction of time. Okay, so again, this is going to be very individual-based and that's important. Cookie-cutter approaches generally don't work. Setting goals that are in line with your individual values will greatly increase your likelihood of accomplishing them. Two other common pitfalls for not reaching your goals one, your goals are too big. For my listeners who are the high achievers and perfectionists, it's really common to give up and come up with excuses to avoid the possibility of failure. So for you, if the goals are too big, you need to set smaller goals or chunk them so that they're challenging but not scary if this pertains to you, right? So we need goals to get out of our comfort zone. And that's scary for high achievers, overthinkers, and, and perfectionists. So pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but not into the scary zone. Third and the final reason, so if our goals don't align with our values or if um, the goal is just too big, the third reason that resolutions often fail is a lack of accountability. And studies show us that people who not only write out their goals, but also set up a way to be accountable are twice as likely to achieve them. So accountability means that you're responsible to someone to accomplish the goal. It can be motivating, but sometimes that motivation, you know, isn't a feeling that we feel all the time, but it might be something like commitment or dedication or that accountability. So you can rely on other things besides just motivation. A couple of ways that you can set some accountability. You can uh, work with a friend or a family member. You can join or create an accountability group. 
you can use technology. There's apps for pretty much everything. And you can use that uh, with milestones or electronic calendars, things like that. Or you can hire a coach like me to help you out. If you are looking for help with your New Year's goals or any other shift in your life, I'm still offering a promotion for new clients through January of 2024. This is three 45-minute coaching sessions for $249, and this will help you with the tools and skills that you need to move forward, support you, and offer that accountability. You can find all the details at coachwithkristen.com reset. Link is in the show notes as well. I wish you all a very happy new year. Good luck with your goals and your resolutions. And I will talk with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Stop Overthinking Podcast with Kristen Odegaard. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who would benefit from the message. To learn more about working with me and links to social media and free resources, head over to my website, coachwithkristen.com. That's Kristen spelled K-R-I-S-T-E-N. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. Have a great week.